Coming up, the number one fantasy book podcast, breaking down the scrolls and spells of nerd culture. We're Phantology. You may have heard of us. Okay, what's up, depressed individuals? This is Steven and Phantology with another Rhythm of War chapter, preview chapter. Before I start, Phantology has some exciting news, and I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, so you'll have to watch for that. I think we're going to unveil some exciting news for the channel this Saturday night in our typical monthly episode with uh, with everyone with the full Phantology 5 cast on. And if you're on the live stream, you'll know first. I promise it's big. Let's just say it'll be something that you'll hear every time you tune into a Phantology episode from now on. So going into Rhythm of War chapter 12, this was a fantastic Adolin chapter. He really kind of shows the reasons why people like him. And in the past, I've kind of wondered where the character is going because after the end of Words of Radiance, I kind of thought, okay, this is a good guy type of character that's maybe going to take like a downturn. It might be more of like a Song of Ice and Fire type twist here where our expectations uh, around Adolin are kind of uh, taken down a darker road, but that didn't happen. And honestly, I was a little disappointed in Oathbringer that killing Sadius ended up being such a non-factor. It seems like it's still kind of like a looming plot thread. So I'm thinking that we'll get more with Adolin and there's some now some uh, conflict brewing here with Dalinar that I'm going to talk about more. So I'm still interested in Adolin's character. I, I really kind of hope that Sanderson makes him a little more dynamic. Like right now he's a really good guy and a really good friend and you love him, especially in this chapter. But at the same time, He's not quite as interesting as some of the other characters that have a little bit more to their personality, like a Kaladin, for example, who's got all this light and darkness warring inside of him, or like Shallan, who's literally got three different personas going at it. So I think those guys are a little more interesting, and I'm hoping that Adolin gets more interesting, and I love him, but at the same time, you, you like a little bit more uh, in a character, a little more, little more dynamic character. So... I think we'll get that from Adolin eventually. The chapter starts with, again, an excerpt from Navani's lectures on Fabrials. She's done telling us, at least in this chapter, she's done telling us what different metals do, and she's moved on to just a general plea for unity within the Artifabrian community. She's tired of people disguising their designs with fake metals, and she thinks it'd be better for them as a whole to share and collaborate. Wonder where she got this idea from, or, uh, for Unity. Probably not too hard to guess where uh, that one came from. Anyway, it's it's a good message. And if you like Phantology before I get too far, if you like us and you want to check out more of what we do, we cover all sorts of fantasy books, not just Sanderson, not just Rhythm of War. You can find everything that we've covered at www.phantologybooks.com. Dot com That'll take you to all of our episodes as well as all of our social media channels. You can get there directly at Phantology Books. You can find us on Twitter. We run these monthly competition 
polls like top three X in fantasy. And that's a good time. People tend to enjoy those. If you want to support the channel, there's a few ways you can do that directly through Patreon. We have some bonus tiers, some early access to episodes, some uh, bonuses on Discord, etc. So please uh, consider that. Every dollar that goes towards Phantology goes directly back into the channel. If you enjoy audiobooks, consider supporting us by starting an Audible trial and doing that through the link on our episode postings. That will take you to a page that if you sign up through there will benefit Phantology directly. And if you like our merch, if you like our brand and want to check out some of the designs that we've put out, you can find our merch store again just on our website or on the episode postings. There's some just general Phantology logo type merch, but there's also a few unique designs that we have that are kind of funny. And I plan on wearing eventually, although I guess you can't see that today. So Kaladin in chapter 12, this is again another depression Kaladin chapter. And I think we get some really good things that define his depression here. So as the chapter begins, he notices that all of his other bridge mates are laughing and having a good time. And he thinks, oh, you know, I kind of wish I could join them, but at the same time, I can't because I've got all these other internal demons. And he ends up deciding that he needs to be strong for everyone else, Syl included. And he puts on this stony face as he kind of walks through Yurithiru and gets to his quarters. He reflects that a lot of the original crew have their own squires, and some of those squires have their own squires. So the Windrunners have really advanced quite a bit. And I think this is hinting, again, I think this is hinting that Teft will become the new High Marshal since Teft's squires have now kind of moved on. And I think once Kaladin gets to his next placement, whatever that will be, I think we will see Teft take up that mantle. One interesting thing that he talks about is, or thinks about is with Rock. Rock is, I guess I'll talk about Rock more kind of at the very end, but for now, Rock doesn't have a spren, but he's moved on to something else that Kaladin hasn't seen before. So think about that. I'm interested to see some theories around Rock and about where Rock is going as he goes back to the Horn Eater Peaks. But for now, we're still with Kaladin. And after he makes it back into his room, which is very Spartan with hardly any decoration, it's a very lonely and drab area. He collapses with his back against the door and he is completely exhausted. He wants to cry, but can't even summon up that much emotion because he thinks, oh, if I could cry and release the emotion, but he can't because it's all just completely messed up. And this is really, I mean, look, this is really realistic. I think anyone who has dealt with depression in any sense, obviously there is a scale here and Kaladin seems to be on the more extreme ends. But I mean, look, just going through the day where you have this weight on your shoulders, weight in your belly that you feel like you can't do anything about. I think we see this with Kaladin 100%. I mean, look, I can relate to this. And I think we all kind of can to varying levels. And the fact that he can't even get the tears out is really very applicable. And I think it's some of Sanderson's strongest writing here still. He reflects on Moash's evil suicidal words, which luckily doesn't do what he can't dwell on too much because Syl has been able to recruit Adolin to knock on his door and bust in and save him 
for at least this one night. As I was thinking about this, reflecting on this, I thought, why doesn't his relationship with Syl help him out more? Because he literally has another person of sorts that he can talk to and he doesn't have to be completely lonely, lonely with because he can share a lot of these emotions with Syl. But I think it's interesting that he doesn't really get too much fulfillment in this way out of his relationship with Syl. I think that kind of speaks to what Spren are because it shows that they really are almost like one together, like Kaladin and Syl share a lot of the same emotions and connections. And so him talking to Syl doesn't have the same weight as his talk as his talk with Adolin later on. And it's also really enlightening because it tells you that Syl doesn't quite understand enough about human emotion to understand and be that rock for Kaladin. Like Kaladin explaining to Syl what he's feeling and how unfair he thinks it is that Dalinar is asking him to resign and all of these emotions. Kaladin explaining to Syl all of these things does not get him enough. uh, It doesn't create enough of a connection for him to lessen the depression, we'll say. And when he's able to talk with Adolin, it seems like that helps much more. So Syl still has a ways to go before she is a fully real... I mean, maybe this is what Spren are. So we'll see. She's able to understand enough that she can't help Kaladin herself. And so she brings in Adolin, who she says is one of the three people that Kaladin can't intimidate, the other being Yasna, and I'm assuming the other would be Dalinar himself. And Kaladin tries to get Adolin to go away. And Kaladin says, I like being by myself, leave me alone. And Adolin says, great, that sounds awful. And today you are coming with me. I thought this was a good little exchange. And Kaladin tries to get Adolin to buzz off. And Adolin looks at him and says, hey, swear to me that if you want me to go away, I will. Like, seriously, Kaladin, tell me if you want me to. And Adolin's persistence here is able to kind of break through this wall that Kaladin's put up. And he does go off with him. I think that Adolin does a great job of being a friend here and not putting expectations around what he wants for Kaladin. He says, look, if you're going to be miserable, I'm sorry, I can't necessarily help you with that. But if you're going to be miserable, at least come with me and do it together. And I will be here for you. And I think later on in their conversations, you see the same type of thing where Adolin is comfortable to wait it out. And this is a nice relationship. And I think, you know, Adolin still calls him bridge boy and and has a little bit of this snobbiness to him. But at the same time, does Kaladin really have any other friends who are able to understand him enough to break through and get him to go to go with him? So great. I like this friendship that's developing. They head off to this nice kind of middle class tavern where there's this wedding going on. Adolin knows everyone's name. You can see what a great leader Adolin is. You know, as soon as he comes in, everyone loves him, not necessarily because he's the high prince, but because he is everyone's friend. And Kaladin then gets into this conversation with Vale. They kind of catch each other up on their missions. And in the midst of this conversation, Radiant comes out and tells Kaladin that the three persona thing is kind of working, but it's also kind of crumbling. And Kaladin is now a little concerned about Shalon, Vale, Radiant. Adolin and I guess Vale at this point come back together and have a conversation with Kaladin trying to fix him up. And they point out various different 
ladies and tell Kaladin, hey, how about her? How about her? Syl is kind of in on this as well. It's kind of fun. At the same time, Kaladin makes zero progress on his Tinder game here. So maybe we'll see some relation. I mean, it seems like we're hinting um, at, at Kaladin really kind of getting together with someone, but at the same time, there aren't any female characters that are really fully realized enough for me to ship Kaladin too hard on any of these people. The fan theory, the Phantology fan theory, or at least the popular thing on Discord, and just a quick plug for Discord if you want to chat with us more, if you like what we're putting out, then hop on our Discord. The invites are on all of our links and on our social channels. But currently, the talk around Discord is that we're really shipping Kaladin and Yasna. And my comeback on that is, look, the age difference is too much. It doesn't work right now. But then the comeback for that is, well, if you go for the Oath Pact theory, which is at the end of the fifth book, all of our current Radiance will reform the Oath Pact. And then the age doesn't really matter as much because they're all just kind of immortal of sorts. And so then you could ship Kaladin and Yasna. So I'm all for that. I'm totally on board. I, th- I think the Oath Pact theory is pretty nice. And I like the idea of Kaladin and Yasna together, if Kaladin can get it together, because right now he's not quite there enough for my girl Yasna to really pay too much attention to him. Like, I don't think Yasna is necessarily looking for someone in Kaladin's condition right now, but I don't know, maybe they could become a good match. So I'm on board for that. I don't know if I'm on board for the, all these randos that Adolin and Shallan are trying to get him together with. Speaking of relationships, Adolin and Shallan Vale Radiant are like good, but not good. You kind of see this when Kaladin looks over and asks Adolin how things are going. And Adolin's like, uh, yeah, it's a little rough, man. So he's doing his best. But at the same time, the Shallan Vale Radiant thing is crumbling. The three is crumbling a little bit. And again, there are kind of some mumblings that there's some half-formed um, personalities underneath of the surface here. The phantology theory here in the community is that Shallan is in fact one, another one of the personas and the real, the real persona is lurking underneath the surface and is going to cause trouble. And I think I guaranteed that that would happen in the last episode. And I'm going to go ahead and gar- I'm going to continue to guarantee so the absolute 100% phantology guarantee is that the Shallan persona is in fact fake and the other thing is lurking underneath the surface. So watch out for that. And we have a comment saying Kaladin needs a woman or who says Kaladin needs a woman. Maybe that's why none of his relationships have been successful. Okay. I mean, I guess he doesn't necessarily need one. Like he's not defined by needing a woman, but at the same time, I think we're all looking for those connections and Kaladin at his core is, I mean, a lot of the issue here is that he's so lonely and can't relate to anyone else. And even though he's got these people around him, he keeps them at arm's length and none of them really understand him and having a strong relationship with a woman that he's attracted to and loves, I think is really going to help him. So he doesn't need it, but at the same time, I think it'd be great for him. So hopefully it works out. We'll see. As Adolin and Kaladin talk, again, this is what I was referring to when Adolin gets Kaladin to open up to him and be the first one to tell, actually, that Dalinar is going to retire him. And Adolin's a little upset here, and he says, yeah, Dalinar is not always right, necessarily. My father makes mistakes, 
And he's referring to probably this revelation that Dalinar killed his mother from Oathbringer, the in-world book that has come out. And Kaladin thinks is a little strange, but exists, Dalinar's memoir of sorts. And so we get this idea that there is tension brewing between Adolin and Dalinar beneath the surface that is probably going to come out. I think this will do a lot for Adolin's character. I think this is a good opportunity for some conflict. It's great that Adolin gets Kaladin to come out and speak with him. They also talk about how Adolin has, instead of a spren, he's got Maya, his Deadeye, Shardblade, spren thing, and Kaladin's like, you're still kind of on board with that? Like, why don't you just ditch that and get a spren? And obviously Kaladin would not understand this relationship this of sorts. Adolin's got a couple of weird relationships, I guess, but I think we're looking forward to seeing more of Maya probably in Shadesmar, especially since the cover art features Adolin in Shadesmar, and that's where we saw her the most in the previous book. And I think we would like to get some resolutions here in Rhythm of War as to what this relationship is. Can Maya be brought back to life? And does this mean that Adolin would then become an edge dancer, which is what uh, Maya is, a, a dead cultivation spread. Footnote to the chapter is Rock. So we have a conversation with Kaladin and Rock. Sanderson has gone on record saying a lot of fantasy books or books in general is really just different conversations that people are having and you want to try to make them happen in different locations and make them interesting. And so this location is a wedding in a cool tavern and a lot of people are kind of coming in and out. So nicely done. And so this conversation with Rock, again, we talked about how Rock doesn't have a spread. He's moved on to be something else. In chapter five of Rhythm of War, he did a lashing. So it's not like he is some strange member of the Knights Radiant that we haven't seen before. He's most likely still a Windrunner or using Windrunner powers. I mean, lashings could also be Skybreakers or maybe another, but Gravitation. So I think it's got to be Skybreaker or Windrunner, correct me if I'm wrong. But it doesn't seem like Rock would be a Skybreaker. And being a Skybreaker would be more than just not having a Spren, unless we're talking about the invisible type of Skybreaker Spren that we've seen Zeth have. So maybe, maybe that's the theory. The other thing is like, maybe Horn Eaters have gem hearts and there's something weird going on here. That seems maybe a little too far away. I mean, we know that they have Singer blood, but I don't know if that really makes as much sense. Anyway, interested to see what's going on here. Again, we have like another kind of edge case on the hard magic system that Sanderson has established. I'd like to see what it is. And Rock tells Kaladin, look, we've tr- I've tried to have this conversation with you a few times. It's finally happening, and I'm going home back to the Horn Eater Peaks to face judgment for my act of violence, my terrible act of violence in Oathbringer against Amram. This is frustrating to me because, like, look, Rock, you killed a literal unmade at the time. So just let it go. You had to do this. Like violence is acceptable in this case. And I feel like we'll get that in this trial of sorts or whatever is happening, but he's making it sound really ominous, which I don't like because look, we're not just going to kill off rock off camera. But the last thing he says is like, Khaled, I'm probably not going to see you again in this realm, in this physical realm on this plane. Yeah, whatever, Sanderson, you're not killing off rock. 
our favorite Bridge Four member. So I don't like where this is going, but I think we have a good setup here for some subverted expectations, and hopefully it turns out good. But at the same time, I, it's frustrating to me. <sighs> characters that have these real strong morals, I mean, this is going to sound terrible, but characters maybe have this like moral set of honor that is too rigid, like Galad from Wheel of Time. Uh, they can be frustrating characters because it's like sometimes you have to break the rules. And in this case, he was totally justified in doing it and killing Amram. And we cheered for it. And so it's frustrating to think that he might be punished. Okay, adding some details in post, actually, because I checked out Sanderson's Reddit post, his annotations. And there he says that this is actually the last we'll see of Rock in the book. So I didn't know that when I first recorded this. This is the last we'll see of Rock, I'm afraid, he says. He really hopes to be able to do the Rock novella sometime in the next few years to trace his course, but he's trying to focus on the main characters, not allow the cast to balloon too much, which is something he has seen, I wonder where, and is worried about, and wants to really focus and streamline the narrative along. He also says that this is towards the end of Bridge 4 as a cohesive entity, at least as it existed in the series up until now. He's a little bit sad about this. He was tempted to just let it continue to be Bridge 4 and have a good time, but he says life's uh, change and evolve. My tight-knit friend group from college can never be the same again. Not now that we all have families and jobs. Bridge 4 can't remain the same either. So, wow, okay, there's a lot there. Obviously, Rock being gone for the rest of the book is tough because... This is kind of a cliffhanger. It's good that we know he's writing a novella, so Brock's really not just walking off to his death. Bridge 4 dissipating, that is going to be tough for people. I think we're still going to see the characters, right? But Bridge 4 is like, you know, there's a movie poster about Bridge 4. People get tattoos about Bridge 4, and to think that they're going to be gone now as what we knew previously, that's a huge change. But I think that it's probably for the best. And if we have a 1,200-page book here coming out and something this central to the plot of the previous books is being taken out, I think that tells you how much we can expect to be packed into these 1,200 pages. Anyway, that's a wrap for Chapter 12. Again, check us out at www.phantologybooks.com. Please join Discord and let us know your theories and your response to anything that I might have messed up on here. There's a lot of details to keep straight, so I apologize. But let me know what you're thinking on some of these questions and theories. And look forward to our, again, our episode on Saturday, where we will be debuting an exciting new Phantology piece that you will see in every episode going forward. That'll be on our Saturday night live stream on our September news wrap. So thanks for listening. See you guys next time.